Welcome to the weekly podcast, recorded live at Glory City Church, Brisbane. We hope you are blessed by this week's sermon. Father, we give you glory. Lord, we give you worship and thanks and praise and honor because you are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy. Hallelujah. Well, I, I want to share uh, just briefly with you tonight something that the Lord's put on my heart for us all. Um, if you have your Bibles, you can turn with me where I was, I was reading, um, I was just listening last night actually as I was going to sleep. I like to listen to the Word of God as I, as I go to sleep. I put it on the sleep timer and uh, I just, I really enjoy uh, being able to do that because I think letting the Holy Spirit just wash over us as we, um, as we, go to sleep, letting it be the last thing that we're thinking about as we, as we sleep is such a, a powerful and important way. We want to be people who keep our eyes and our thoughts fixed on things above. Hallelujah. So I was reading from the book of Isaiah, which I've been studying for a while now, just studying the uh, revelation of Jesus in the book of Isaiah. It's so full of revelation of who he is and how glorious he is. But as I was reading Isaiah 48, it, I was interested as I was thinking about the split open rock, who was Jesus. Jesus is the rock, hallelujah. He is the one that is the anchor, the firm foundation, the revelation on whom we build our lives, hallelujah. His side was split open and as a result, we've been able to be brought in. Jesus Christ, the last Adam, hallelujah, had out of his side, a bride brought forth, and that is anyone who would believe in him. We become new creations, born of God, born of Christ, hallelujah. But it's an interesting, an interesting thing as I was looking here, and I was just thinking about the redemption of Christ and what he's done and the peace that he desires for us. Speaking to the Israelites, um, in verse 18, he says, Oh, that you had heeded my commandments, then your peace would have been like a river and your righteousness like the waves of the sea. Your descendants also would have been like the sand and the offspring of your body like the grains of sand. And then he goes on and down in verse 22, he says, There is no peace, says the Lord, for the wicked. And you know, there is it's so much truth in that, that without Christ, without righteousness, we have no peace. I want to read to you uh, from Second Peter chapter 1, one of my favorite passages, as many of you would know. But I'm reading it tonight um, from a different translation, from the Passion Translation. And uh, because I just, I like looking at it from lots of different angles. But reading with this focus on the kingdom, the kingdom of God being righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. It's what we're called to, not, um, not sin, fear, and condemnation, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. We know that we can't achieve righteousness. The, the law was given to show us that no one can fully measure up to the standard of God, and without holiness, no one can see God. So without the redemption of Jesus, we are lost. That's why he is called 
the Savior. Hallelujah. He came to save us from ourselves, save us from sin, take for us, pay for us the penalty of sin. The wages of sin is death. But He came to give life and life more abundant. Hallelujah. So anyone who would believe on Him would receive in exchange for their crookedness, in exchange for their life, receive His righteousness, the gift of righteousness. He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon Him and by His stripes we are healed. It's a fourfold atonement, better than the blood of bulls or goats because they cannot clean a, a guilty conscience. But the blood of Jesus not only takes away your sin, it takes away your iniquity, which is your crookedness. Takes away everything about you that was crooked and He gives you a new heart, a clean heart, the very righteousness of God. And he says, now as he is, so are we in this world, which is glorious. Amen. That's the good news of the gospel in a nutshell. But reading from chapter one, you know, I love this. I love this so much. Starting at verse three, it says, everything we could ever need for life and godliness has already been deposited in us by his divine power. For all of this was lavished upon us through the rich experience of knowing Him who has called us by His name and invited us to come to Him through a glorious manifestation of His goodness. As a result of this, He has given you magnificent promises that are beyond all price so that through the power of these tremendous promises, you can experience partnership with the divine nature by which you've escaped the corrupt desires that are of the world. So devote yourself to lavishly supplementing your faith with goodness and to goodness understanding and to understanding add, add the strength of self-control and to self-control add patient endurance and to patient endurance add godliness and to godliness add mercy towards your brothers and sisters and to mercy toward others add unending love. Since these virtues are already placed deep within and you, are, and you possess them in abundant supply, they will keep you from being inactive or fruitless in your pursuit of knowing Jesus Christ more intimately. But if anyone lacks these things, he is blind, constantly closing his eyes to the mysteries of the faith and forgetting his innocence, for his past sins have been washed away. I love the way that it puts this. Forgetting their innocence. Other translations says, say that he is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he's been cleansed from his past sin. In other words, if we're not manifesting the fullness of the nature and the virtue of Jesus, it's because we've forgotten what we look like. We've forgotten that we are innocent. We've forgotten that we have a new nature. We've forgotten that our sins have been forgiven. Why does, forget, why does remembering that our sins forgiven, are forgiven empower us to live in the virtues of Christ? Well, the scripture tells us in 1 John chapter three that if our, heart doesn't have, if our hearts don't condemn us, we have confidence toward God. So if we are constantly remembering I'm innocent, I've been forgiven, then I have confidence to start manifesting the virtues of Jesus. I, I love uh, Mark Greenwood's book, 
Awake to Righteousness, great book. And, and there's a chapter there on sanctification that I think is so well articulated. And he talks about 2P sanctification, which is praise the Lord because Christ has, we have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, we live, yet not I, but Christ who lives in us, hallelujah. I have been crucified. My, I died with him and I've been raised up with him. And it's not of my efforts or my works that I've been given this great gift of righteousness, but because of the goodness of God, I've exchanged my crookedness for his holiness, hallelujah. I'm not defined as righteous because I've achieved a standard that deserves a merit badge, but because by faith I have humbled myself and received what I could have no part in earning and received the gift of forgiveness, the gift of salvation. You cannot be saved if you are not made clean because light can't have fellowship with darkness. God is light and he cannot have fellowship with even a little bit of darkness. So Jesus came to take away all your darkness, all your sin, all your crookedness, so you could be one with Him. Yay! Joined with Him. Now He tells us, we must remember and believe this. The Bible tells us that the just shall live by faith. We have to put faith in this reality. Now, you know this, we know this in our understanding. You can know this in your head. But I love the way Mark talks about not just perfect sanctification, but also practiced sanctification. You see, true peace doesn't come because you theoretically know that you are righteous. It comes through applying what you know in practice. When he's talking here about adding to our faith, virtue, virtue, knowledge, knowledge, self-control, this isn't a um, a sliding scale that once you got this, then go for this, then go for that, try a bit harder, and then you'll get this, and eventually you'll get godliness, and eventually you'll get unending love. This It's not a scale that like, I'm, I'm not quite there yet, I'm still working on the self-control thing before I could get to the godliness thing. It isn't, it isn't a, 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 a rank that you work your way up or a ladder that you climb. He's telling us, if you're lacking any of these things, it's not that you aren't worked, haven't worked your way up the ladder yet. It's because you've forgotten that you have an invitation to access a banqueting table that's already been spread for you. Hallelujah. So he's saying, make every effort to draw from what I've put in you so that you can practice the divine nature, the godliness. Practice isn't, I'm not talking about practicing so that you can get good at it. I'm talking about putting into action what you already are. Putting into act, living from the reality of your true identity. Because only when you remember what you actually look like, will you have the confidence to start living in it. Amen? I was just to, today at a, um, a conference in Sydney and I walked in the door and, um, and during the during the day, I'd be, people would come and talk to me, people that I had had the chance to minister to over the years. And they'd come up and they'd, they'd give me a big hug and they'd say, oh, you so bless us. And, and every time they did, I was again reminded of who God has called me to be. That's right, I'm a blessing. 
That's right. I am a gift from God. Now, that's not arrogance. The Bible tells us that you and I, having been born again, are no longer mere humans, but as he is, so are we in this world. That it's no longer you who lives, but Christ who lives in you. And when you start remembering that that's who you are, that's your identity, you start being empowered with holy confidence to draw on that reality and start practicing the truth about who you are. The more people remind me, oh, you gave me that word, it so encouraged me, the more I'm thinking, that's right, I need to be encouraging people with a prophetic, a prophetic word because God's given me this grace and I have the power to use it. So it reminds me, it stirs me up to love and good deeds, hallelujah. In the same way, the Father looks at you and the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of the Father is constantly trying to remind you not to make you feel better, but to help you remember so that you can wake up and realize that you are not just some little person struggling to get along in, in life, but you are actually an incredible gift on the earth today. That if it's no longer you who lives, but Christ who lives in you, then the same expectations that were on Christ, the same power, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is in your Father's heart and He has laid up good works in advance for you to do. He's expecting that you are going to manifest the virtue, the nature, the power of Jesus. He's not looking and, and, and measuring you and, 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 um, and judging you. He's eagerly anticipating you remembering who you are so that you and he can get on with the job of being the light of the world and being a gift everywhere you go. You see, the Bible tells us that he gives his angels charge over us to guard us in all our ways, ministering spirits who, who move at his words. There are angels assigned to your life waiting. They, they believe that you are who the Father says you are, that, hey, they are innocent. They are full of power by the Spirit of the Lord. As Jesus is, so are they. And the same works that He did and greater works are they going to do. They are eagerly waiting for you to begin to speak the Word of God and they will act on it and see it come to pass. This is the expectation of heaven about you and the Father is longing for you to wake up and come into sync with this reality so heaven can be released on earth. Amen. You see, for too long we've lived in a haze, a clouded haze where our vision hasn't been clear. We've been short-sighted even to blindness. Short-sighted means you can only see well just immediately in front of you. You know, it's so easy to slip into short-sightedness, spiritually speaking, to be just aware of the current situation and what's going on there. You know, the Father doesn't want, to want us to live short-sighted. He wants us to live with a heavenly perspective, knowing that the plans that He has for us are glorious. This, this short-sightedness is given in relation uh, to 
this revelation of, of how we live in godliness and holiness. And it's a key that he's giving us here. He's saying, hey, don't be short-sighted because short-sightedness, you know, while it may only be concerned with your immediate situation and immediate gratification, it will not lead to divine peace and fruitfulness. You see, the enemy always comes and tries to convince us to take the immediate, here, do this and you'll feel better. He did that to Jesus. He was like, come on, you're really hungry right now. Let's turn these stones into bread. Because he was genuinely hungry. The guy had, but the, Jesus himself had been fasting for 40 days, 40 nights. And the Bible actually says he was hungry. He had a natural desire. And the enemy was, was taking advantage of that natural desire, trying to get him to partner with an unholy temptation. But Jesus was not short-sighted. He had long sight. He knew there was much, something much better than what the enemy was, was suggesting. You know, the, the enemy's temptations can look good, but the reality is when you deliberately look long-sighted, you realize there is nothing he can offer you that will be anywhere close to what the Father has planned for you in that very area. The enemy was tempting him to turn stones into bread, but the Father had a plan to turn him into bread that would feed generations to come forever. The Father had a plan for him to be the bread of life. The Father had a plan for him to have, to multiply bread for the thousands and, and see God glorified. It was so much better than an immediate little dry piece of bread when only hours later he was going to be able to have a feast. But that's the way the enemy works. He tries to get you to be short-sighted, working on your immediate, you know, um, natural desires. The Bible says if you're going to practice the virtues of God, if you're going to walk in practiced righteousness, then you step outside of short-sightedness and you start remembering, wait a minute, who am I? Oh, that's right. That's right, I remember who I am. I am a gift, hallelujah. I'm called to be a blessing in the earth. Everyone I speak to encounters the presence, the peace, the purity, the power of God, hallelujah. And I change the world every day because Christ in me is the hope of glory. And as He is lifted up, people are drawn to Him, hallelujah. You can start to live in a place of divine, holy expectation for supernatural miracles. God wants to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all you can ask, hope, or imagine. The enemy comes and he's got all these, he wants to tickle your imagination. Well, you know, that'll be good. You could do, you know, just right now, that could be a shortcut to your financial situation. And, but actually, God's got much better than any imagination, that vain imagination that could come up. His plans are way beyond that. In every area that you're tempted to become short-sighted in. Amen? Yeah. Hallelujah. Shakaba. Hey. So he says, 
You know, we, we have a good understanding because of the Bible. Many of us have a good understanding of the reality of who we are. Praise the Lord. It's no longer we who live, but Christ who lives in us. As he is, so are we in this world. Praise the Lord. We can quote it. We can declare it. We can believe it. And we must. But the Bible, the Father also wants us to deliberately walk it, practice it, take it. Okay, now that I've got this, I'm going to make every effort to draw today on self-control. I'm going to make every effort today to draw on the virtue of joy, of peace, of kindness. Hallelujah. I keep no record of wrongs. I, I have a divine invitation to bring every care and worry to the Lord. And with thanksgiving, thank Him for the answer and let His peace rule in my heart. I have divine access to supernatural peace that isn't a distance off, but is welling up from the inside of me. I'm not going to live in the cloud of hazy deception, but I am going to live from the person of truth who is in my, in my life. Hallelujah. But it requires a deliberate, a deliberate step to say, thank you, Father. Yes, God, I'm going to stir myself up with by way of remembrance. Romans chapter 15, Paul says this. He says, um, I, I write to you, by way of reminder, because he said to them, you are full of goodness, but I write to you to remind you of these things. You see, the truth is, yes, you are full of goodness. There is no flaw in you, hallelujah. When you have been born again, you are innocent, not guilty. That's happier than you're realizing. Not guilty, innocent, unstained. But, but I did this, I had that thought, I did this. Praise the Lord, he was crucified, punished for those sins, and you have been forgiven as you've received it by faith. Hallelujah. I am clean, I am holy, I am righteous, I'm forgiven. He doesn't remember my sins anymore. But as I deliberately choose not to focus on the lies of the enemy, but on the reality of what he says, I'm innocent, I'm clean. Then out of that place of knowing my, that I've been forgiven, hallelujah, that I've been cleansed of my past sin, that I've been cleansed of the crookedness, out of that place and only out of that place can I walk in true holy confidence. You see, it's time to move beyond the theoretical into the practical. We've had the theory for a long time, but God's now inviting us into the real practical application of the reality of what we've been given. Amen? Because it is practical holiness, applied righteousness that will bring you supernatural peace and supernatural joy. You see, yielding to short-sightedness will never bring peace because there'll be fear, there'll be um, condemnation, there'll be guilt. But if instead you say, thank you, Jesus, I remember the truth of who you are. Spring up, oh well, let's remind ourselves. What's the truth? Thank you, God. I'm, I'm innocent. 
Hallelujah. I, I, I'm, I'm dead. It's no longer me who lives, but Christ who lives in me. Hooray, I've been set free from me. Hooray. Yay, hallelujah. The world rejoices because when I step into it today, it's not a, a Catherine. It's not an insecure um, person trying to get away, make her way in the world. It's Christ who lives in Catherine. Not an echo, not an essence, but the reality of the very one who saved us, the very one who was raised from the dead, the very one who cleansed the lepers, who raised the dead, is now living in me, not some in distant, distant um, theoretical way, but in practical power. That's why in Ephesians, Paul prays that you would have the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, so you would know the hope of your calling. You would know the riches of the glorious inheritance in us, the saints, and the greatness of the power toward us who believe. It isn't a sliding scale. It isn't a ladder for you to climb. It's a revelation for you to press into and deliberately fix your thoughts on, deliberately look, lift your eyes up to because the Father is longing to reveal Christ in the earth through you and I. He wants to do the exceedingly, abundantly, above that all generations would give Him glory, that all generations would lift up His name and give Him honour. Amen? What will it look like? Peter goes on and says, I won't hesitate to continually remind you of these truths, even though you are aware of them and well established in the present measure of truth that you've already embraced. And as long as I live, I'll continue to awaken you with this reminder. Since our Lord Jesus Christ, the anointed one, has clearly revealed that my departure is near. Indeed, I'm passionate to share these things with you so that you will always remember them after my exodus from this life. What's he saying? He's saying, I'm expecting, Peter's saying, I, I know that the Lord's shown me that I'm going to be martyred soon, but my main mission, my, my number one desire for you is that you would remember what I have just said. That is, that you would remember that you have access to the divine nature and you must remember that you've been forgiven. You must remember that he has, give, he has caused you to be innocent, that he calls you innocent because it's out of that place of identity and only out of that place of revelation in the knowledge of him and the knowledge of what he says about you will you be able to walk in the fullness of the power that God wants to give. He's called us to go from glory to glory and strength to strength. Sometimes we look at the heroes of the faith and we say, if I could just be like Peter, if I could just be like Paul, it was never their desire that you would be uh, like them. It was never their desire that you would just do the things that they do. It was their desire that you would go on and do greater works. Jesus never had a desire that you would just do what he did, but even greater, the greater works. I mean, that's, what? All the things he did couldn't even be written in all the books. How could, how could this be? Yet with God, all things are possible. What would it look like if we just choose to abandon ourselves? to this reality. 
to wake up every day and reckon ourselves dead indeed to sin and alive to God in Christ. That's not waking, re reckoning myself by, oh God, help me today to do better than I did yesterday. <laughs> but instead waking up and going, today God, I embrace the truth that it's no longer me who lives, but Christ who lives in me. Today, God, I embrace the truth that I am clean, I am forgiven. Even if my heart condemns me, you're greater than my heart. I choose to believe the reality that I am innocent, that I have no stain, that there is no, there is nothing crooked about me, but I have an innocent heart because Christ has given it to me. And today, I am not on a ladder trying to attain godliness, but I'm gonna draw from the deposit that is inside of me from the reality that now you who is love, you who are patient, you today will manifest through me in my every word and my every action. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, thank you. Let him wake up, Jesus. God, thank you for the word. But Lord, let us, as Peter said there, I just read it, that he said, you know this, you've, you've heard this and you're well versed in this, but I will not stop reminding you about it. Why did they need to be continually made aware of it? Because the, the attempts of the enemy are to cause us to, to um, start to fall asleep into the, and forget the truth of what has really happened. This is the enemy's ploy, to lull you into a place of complacency where you're not actively, deliberately living, walking, moving forward every day in faith. By faith, by faith we live. By faith, by his great grace, as we by faith walk in righteousness, by, by faith every day, we can manifest what God longs to manifest in the earth. But it isn't a passive place. It's a place of purity, power, and deliberate intent to make every effort to draw from what God has put on the inside. Hallelujah. And it's a place of not, not of frustration, but of true and lasting peace. True and lasting peace joy. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Papa, we love you. You're altogether wonderful. Oh God, oh God, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for truth. Lord, we invite you, we ask you for the spirit of wisdom and revelation to enlighten the eyes of our understanding in the knowledge of you that we may know the hope of our calling. Knowing what you are like, Lord, reveals to us the truth of what we are like because you have given us your divine nature. God, help us, Father, not to be uh, those that are just puffed up with knowledge, but those that walk in the wisdom of applying what we have by faith. Thank you for the faith of Christ that lives on the inside of us. God, I thank you for the great works, the good works that you've laid up in advance for us to do. Lord, that you've called each one of us to be kings and priests. 
not weak and, and foolish, but Lord, filled with your wisdom, filled with the mind of Christ, filled with the spirit of Christ. In our weakness, you've become strong. And I thank you, Lord, that we can live in the strength and the majesty of your reality, of your identity. Lord, day by day, let them be a bold, a bold, a bold company, Papa. The righteous are as bold as lions. God, I'm asking for a fresh release of revelation of your righteousness, that the boldness of the lions, Lord, would come through the people of God in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen. Well, we're gonna pray for a few people tonight just before we, we close. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. I'm gonna ask uh, Chris if you'd come and Daniel. Ooh, Maggie, let's pray. Uh, who, who can feel this? Like, I, I encourage you just to, to study that out. You know, it's, it's really, you can feel the urgency. Peter about to die, if he's got one thing to say to you, he's saying again to the people, I know you know this. I know you know this, but I have to keep telling you and I'm gonna keep telling you and while there's breath in my body, I'm gonna keep telling you to remember this. Hallelujah. Shababa. Let's, let's do it. Ushababa. Are you happy? Come, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, thank you for your presence. Thank you that you're here, Daddy. Thank you for the power of God. Thank you that you're present to heal. Jesus, we give you glory. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to partner with us in spreading the gospel to the nations, you can do so via our website www.glorycitychurch.com.au We would love to hear from you. If you have a prayer need, please send us an email at info at glorycitychurch.com.au We would also love to hear your testimonies. You can email these praise reports to info at glorycitychurch.com.au God bless.